What is wrong with A&M on the recruiting trail? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get right into it. For fans, it has been a tough week on the recruiting trail for the Aggies. We have seen a series of very high-profile A&M targets commit elsewhere. And it's been a roller coaster ride for fans. We've talked about Jaden Rashada going to Miami and Tony Mitchell going to Alabama over the weekend. We follow that up with Jonte Cook and Harris Sewell going to Texas and Clemson, respectively. And then on top of that, we follow it up with a Johnny Bowens decommitment from AM to reopen his recruitment after a recent visit to Oregon. So fans, needless to say, are freaking out. But the real question is, do the folks inside the building in College Station feel the same way? My theory is that they probably don't. And we're basically going to spend this entire show talking about why. So first, they picked up a commitment earlier in this week from Damian Sanford. We talked about that. Um, They are very excited about that commitment He is going to rise in the rankings. He's going to become a four-star player before the end of the cycle, and he's going to be what winds up being a very big pickup on the defensive side of the ball at the second level. And so then if we look at the 2022 class, this record-setting amazing class, and use that as a barometer for how we should feel about recruiting on July 1st, just some information. AM recruited and had 30 players join their program through the 2022 class. Of those 30 players, 20 of them committed after July 1st of 2021. So a year ago today, we had only 10 players committed, and only one of the what wound up being the top 10 of the AM class, Connor Wigman had committed before July 1st. Other than that, everybody else in the top of the class committed after July 1st. That means Walker Nolan, Shamar Stewart, Evan Stewart, Lebius Overton. We understand that story happened late because of a uh, reclassification, which, you know, you can, if you want to consider Lebius as part of this 2023 class, that's a huge get, a huge boost to this class. Uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dowdy, or Dindy, excuse me, Denver Harris, Chris Marshall, Jacoby Matthews, Anthony Lucas, and I White, Bryce Anderson, all of these guys committed after July 1st of 2021. So why are we freaking out? Are, Are they behind where they were in 2021? Yes, absolutely they are. Because Connor Wigman is a five star player who was a top 
30 or so recruit in the country last year in 2022. He was one of the top handful of quarterbacks in the class. They had him committed very early. He was the centerpiece cornerstone player in the recruiting class in 2022. They don't have that guy locked in quite yet. They don't have a player inside the top 50, the the highest ranked player in their recruiting in their recruiting class right now for for 2023, excuse me, is Bravey and Rogers who according to to 24/7 is the 54th ranked player in the country. So they do have two players in the top 100. They got two players really in the top 75 between Bravion Rogers and Javon Thomas, but they are behind where they were in 2022. But that's okay. That's not really a reason to be panicked because not every class is going to be what that 2022 class was. We'll talk more about why not every class will be like that 2022 class why this class specifically won't be a repeat of the 2022 class. There's lots of reasons why. We'll talk more about that. But first, I am excited to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, college football futures, get your Heisman Trophy and college football playoff futures, NFL, all of these things. NBA free agency is happening soon. Get ready for it with Bet Online. They're continued, they're you, they are your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So why can't or why won't the 2023 class be a repeat of 2022? And why if you were hoping that the 2023 class would be a repeat, were you set up for failure before you even got started? Well, there's lots of reasons. The first reason is that they added 30 players to their program last year, 30 players. There's no way you just can't add 30 scholarship players to your program on a regular season basis. You don't have enough scholarships. To do that. So they were going to have to have a smaller class this year. And if you look at the Ohio State recruiting class from 2022, they'll give you a really good example for what to consider when you think about what this AM 2023 class might look like. So Ohio State finished fourth in the in the 24-7 rankings in 2022. They signed 21 players. Only 21. And remember, AM signed 30. So they signed 21 players in their class. They don't have they have one one player who's a three star in that class. One player who is a three star and only 
about four players outside of the top 300 recruits. Quality over quantity. That is the focus. That has to be the focus. When you sign a class like what AM did in 2022, you are not going to follow it up with another class of 30 commitments. They're focused on quality. So in 2022, at this point in time, they had 10 recruits signed. That wound up being a, a third of their class, 33% of their class. If we assume that their target for 2023 is 21, 22 players in the same neighborhood as where Ohio State wound up, right now they're at six commitments. They were at seven this week before Johnny Bowen's decommitted. They felt like, in terms of numbers, they were in a very similar spot percentage of the class-wise at this point in the recruiting cycle for 2023 as where they were in 2022. Is the Johnny Bowens decommitment a step back? Yes, absolutely. He's a fantastic player. You want him to be part of your class. He, he says A&M is still part of his top five. Hopefully he's telling the truth. Hopefully A&M still has a legitimate opportunity to win that recruitment battle. I wouldn't count on it. We will wait and see. But when you take this focus of quality over quantity, the way A&M has, you are going to have to wait longer in order to get these commitments in. And remember what I said. All Except for Connor Wigman, the entire top 15 players in the A&M class last year committed after July 1st. A lot of them committed all the way into the winter, or some of them even all the way up to signing day is when they, they flipped to A&M or decided to sign with A&M. Better players, higher quality players, have more options. When you target higher quality players, the recruiting battles are going to be more fierce. The players are going to have more attention. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I was 17 or 18 years old, I loved when the attention was on me. They're getting attention. They're getting lots of offers. They're getting lots of energy. Let's be honest. They're probably getting lots of NIL money offers thrown their way. They are going to take their time to make sure they make the right decision. Even the top guys who are committed, they're going to have the opportunity. They're still going to be being recruited over the course of the next six to eight months before signing day. They're going to be recruited by other schools. Zachariah Branch was in College Station this past weekend. He's been committed to USC since Christmas. So these better players are going to have more options. They're going to be harder to flip off of the schools that they commit to, and you're going to have to wait longer. Zachariah Branch, it's going to take moving heaven and earth, both from a recruiting standpoint in terms of what the coaches do and in an NIL standpoint in terms of what the collective can do to flip him off of USC. Same thing with Tony Hill. They're still in contact with Tony Hill, but it's going to take heaven and earth to flip him off of Alabama. But that doesn't mean that the recruiting class is going to be worse because of it. I heard Billy Lucci use a phrase on one of their videos over at Texags recently 
he used the words, and I love this analogy, filling up on bread. So we've all been to the Italian restaurant. We've all been there when they bring the bread to the table. Or, shoot, we live in Texas, a lot of us. We're all Aggies. You go to the Mexican restaurant, and they bring the chips and salsa. You don't even have your entree yet. You're not even eating what you came there to eat. But you're going to sit there, and you're just going to shove bread or chips and queso down the hatch. And that is what a lot of the commitments and the recruiting that's happening for some of these schools is right now. They're filling up on bread. If we're going to talk about AM recruiting and why it's felt so hard this week, we have to talk about Texas. So if we're talking about Texas, let's look at these numbers. The Texas class has 17 commitments already. 17. Remember, AM only had 10 players committed at this time last year. 17 commitments. Yes, some of those recruits are extremely, extreme high-level recruits. Arch Manning is Arch Manning. Jonte Cook and Derek William Gitz were big for them. Those were, you could call them head-to-head wins over AM early in the 2023 recruiting process. Six of the 17 commitments that AM or that excuse me that Texas has right now are three-star prospects ranked outside of the top 500 prospects nationally by 24/7. Outside the top 500, six of them, so 30% or more, almost 40% of the class that they have in place right now is three-star recruits outside the top 500. They have the high end, and then they have the very, very low end. They are filling up on bread. There is the Manning factor. I can imagine being a dad of a 17 or 18-year-old kid and the phone ringing and it being Peyton Manning or it being Eli Manning or Archie Manning and those guys selling me on my son going to play at Texas with Arch and it being a big deal. I can absolutely imagine that, and that is going to get some players to Texas this cycle. Absolutely. But right now, Texas is filling up on bread. They want to have a huge recruiting class this year because this is Sark's first full recruiting cycle through. They've got to have a big class. Texas is not concerning to me in terms of AM's ability to continue to be a national recruiting power at this point. We'll talk about what AM can do to continue to build some, some momentum in the recruiting cycle, what the next month to two months looks like from a recruiting standpoint for AM. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Okay, so what can AM do? to build some momentum through the month of July or what can happen for AM to build some momentum through the month of July and into the season. For me, there's two names that could come, that could fall in the next few weeks that would be really big gets for AM because it would show the sign that 
there's momentum in the class still. And it starts with Austin Novosad, the uh, the four-star quarterback who is at Elite 11 this week and from all reports is having a fantastic week and showing that he has been extremely underrated. So why did it take A&M to get this long into the recruiting process before they offered Austin Novosad? It's been a week, maybe 10 days since they offered Austin. There's a few reasons there. Austin is an A&M legacy. He's local to Central Texas, and he's a quarterback. So you're not going to take you know multiple high-level quarterbacks like that in a year. And if you are going to offer a scholarship to Austin Novosad, you have to be prepared for him to accept it right then. You have to be ready for him to take that offer and commit right away. He's got to become the quarterback centerpiece of your class as soon as you offer it. And as we've talked about before, A&M got a very, very early quarterback commitment from Eli Holstein earlier in the recruiting cycle all the way last summer for this 2023 cycle. So if they were going to offer another quarterback, it couldn't be a four-star from Central Texas. There's too much legacy involved there. There's too much involved in terms of the culture of the program to have two quarterbacks at that level and one of them be very local like that with a legacy, all the things that are involved with that process. They had to know that if they offered Austin Novosad, it was because they wanted him to accept that offer almost right away. And now here we are. And they offered Austin Novosad last week. He's at Elite 11 this week. He is currently committed to Baylor. Um, but as we as we mentioned, in terms of cachet on the national scene, in terms of the ability to play at the highest levels of college football, and in terms of the family legacy, etc., A&M carries a lot there. He does have an offer from Ohio State recently as well. Took a visit there recently. He's got some decisions to make. The folks who know feel like there's a really good chance that Austin Novosad flips from Baylor to Texas A&M over the course of the next few weeks. That would be a huge get for A&M. Another position that has to be a focus of this 2023 class is the offensive line. TJ Shanahan has an offer from AM. He is a guy who could commit over the course of the next few weeks. If he chooses AM, if he and Austin Novosad choose Texas AM, that's two really, really high quality players, rising players. Austin Novosad's going to rise over the course of the year. He's going to put up some crazy numbers this year um, in his senior season. He's going to rise before the end of this cycle as well. If those two guys wind up committing and wind up to AM, by the time we get to the end of July, everybody feels much better about this recruiting class. Then you're at eight guys, you know, you get a couple of these other guys to fall, and you feel a lot better. And then there's the two big ones. The two. The recruiting class, from my standpoint, outside of the quarterback. Austin Novosad, who is extremely important. But these two guys, Anthony Hill announced this week he had narrowed his recruitment down to Texas and Texas A&M. 
This is a straight-up, head-to-head, Jimbo Fisher versus Steve Sarkeesian recruiting battle for a Texas-based defensive recruit. A&M feels really good about where they're at. Texas feels really good coming off of Hill's visit there this past weekend. That's going to be a huge, huge commitment. In addition to that, David Hicks, the top recruit in the state of Texas, the top defensive lineman in the country, five, the fifth or so national recruit in the, in the country overall. There are some predictions that say he's going to wind up at A&M. We don't have a timeline there. He did go to the same high school, or does go to the same high school as Damian Sanford. So there will be a guy playing on his unit with him on defense, on that state championship level defense there in the Katy area who can serve as a recruiter right there at AM. If AM lands Hill and Hicks later in the summer, early in the fall, on top of landing Austin Novosad and TJ Shanahan later in the summer, Now we're talking about another really, really high-level recruiting class. And then we get into the last week of July. We have the A&M pool party. If you follow A&M recruiting at all, you know about the legendary pool party that happens at the end of the summer every year that tons and tons and tons of recruits come to that is a huge aspect in the way they recruit. There were some of these guys from this 2023 class who came to the pool party last year. There will be more who come this year. There will be some 2024 guys. There will be some 2025 guys potentially there. But this is going to be a huge event. Everybody looks to this event for what it means for A&M recruiting for the season. And then we get into the actual season. And very early in the year, there are two really spectacular opportunities for AM to show what they have on the recruiting trail. Miami comes to College Station, comes to Kyle Field on September 17th. That game is nationally televised on ESPN in primetime. That game is going to be huge, especially for some of these recruits that AM is after that are based in Florida. These guys who are in Florida are going to come, some of them, to College Station, to Kyle Field. If you've been to Kyle Field, you know what that atmosphere is like. If you've been to to Kyle Field in College Station for a night game, you know what that atmosphere is like. These guys are going to be there. They're going to have the opportunity to take that in. If A&M has the opportunity, or if A&M takes advantage of that opportunity, goes out and beats Miami by 10 points, two touchdowns, multiple scores, plays a really great game. That atmosphere takes over. Those kids take that in. That is going to be a huge game. And then seven days later, they follow it up on the 24th against Arkansas at AT AT&T Stadium, which we know is a game that they love to bring recruits to. Because it's at AT AT&T Stadium, it's a unique opportunity. Not every school is going to have the chance to play there. It's a huge deal. So they will bring those guys there. Those two weeks in the season will be huge. And if AM starts off the season well 
and they play really well into the year and they get into set late September, get towards early October, get towards that Alabama game on October 8th, and they're playing well, they're going to rack in some really, really, really high-level recruits in the, from those visits from that game, from those games. And then if they go play Alabama really well, if they compete against Alabama and they play it close or even go on the road and beat Alabama after everything that's gone on this year, you're going to see the floodgates open and these really, really high-level players, some of them are going to flip to AM. Some of them are just going to straight up commit to AM, and we're going to get to the winter time. We're going to get to February when signing day rolls around, and we're going to be talking about, wow, what a great class Jimbo Fisher secured, and we're going to forget all about what the last week of June felt like. So, guys, thank you so much. That is the show. Thanks for joining me today. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes, and you can read my writing about all things A&M, recruiting, basketball, football, all of it at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAggies, and please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice and check out our YouTube channel, LockedOnAggies, as well. Be sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell, rate and review us on your podcast, on your YouTube, leave a comment, all those sorts of things. Tell your friends, help us on the algorithm. We are excited to join you through the rest of the summer, through the recruiting cycle, into the fall, into the football season, all the way year round. Now that you've made Locked On Aggies your first listen of the day, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second lesson of the, listen of the day. Every day, Chris Gordy, your host, and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On SEC.